We're going to be talking in this segment right now. The session is number 22, Satanism 101, the research project for believers uh, to take a look at the, um, the dark side of occultism, the dark side of the supernatural, and to begin to look in concerning, um, well, I, I just simply call it the Judas Project. And I think that it's very important that we take a look at what occurs in a number of ways because... I, I see this is going to happen to a lot of individuals. That the willful deception of Judas in the, in the scriptures is a demonstration, I believe, where his issue might have been greed, and lying, and um, you know being there among Jesus for his own personal advantage. And listen, that's going to happen. Within this so-called Christendom, there are Judases. They're not saved. They're not born again. It says in Scripture that Jesus knew the one of them that didn't believe from the beginning. He'd never believed. He wasn't a believer. It wasn't that he was saved and then he went bad and Satan entered him and, and so forth. He, he never was. That's what's important, I believe, about what occurs with Judas. Now, in the modern-day sense... Uh, from Gnostic writings comes the Gospel of Judas that just got you know, unleashed here a couple years ago where they were saying that all of Christianity is going to be shaken to the core and all that kind of stuff. Well, I read the Gospel of Judas. It's a short little piece, Gnostic uh, teaching that came from the demonic realm, doctrines of demons, that um, presented a different story to alter the true story of Judas which made it look like Jesus is the bad guy and Judas is just a poor poor little victim. And that's exactly what the demonic realm wants to do. They're going to they're going to come seducing like that to reinterpret scripture in well, gnostic writings, pseudepigraphic writings of the early church or, or even of today. It goes on to this very day. And we're going to see that that, uh, that there are still people out there that uh are going to um well, they're going to be a part, and then they're going to be betrayers in the end. Judas was a betrayer in the end. This was what was in his heart and life. Satan eventually found a legal right to enter, literally enter, not a demon, but as we're going to see here, how, 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 how Satan himself entered in. Now I want to take you to Luke's Gospel, chapter 22. In the very beginning, it says this, Now the feast of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus. For they were afraid of the people. And I want you to hear this, verse 3. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. Now, this is the one whom Jesus knew didn't believe in the beginning. But if you can understand at all why he did the betrayal, what it led to. So was Satan involved in taking Jesus to the cross? Yes. Was Satan involved, you know, at, um, at literally, uh, you know, biting at the heel of Jesus? Is this part of the fulfillment of Genesis 3.15? Yes. Verse 3. Now remember in the temptation with Jesus, using the word of God to try to convince Jesus, showing him some kind of spiritual vision, offering him that he can have it all if he'll only bow down and worship Jesus or worship Satan. The audacity of Satan on the one hand 
That's who he is. That's what he's going to do. And hear me this, hear this Christian really well. Hear this. He will never, never, never change. He cannot, will not. He made his fatal, forever, permanent, fixed choice there in Ezekiel 28. And so did the rest of the fallen angels. Well, when you look at this verse 3 in chapter 22 of Luke, it just got to be something that glares out at us. Then Satan entered Judas. Then Satan entered Judas. Then look what happens immediately. Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. He goes over behind the scenes secretively with Satan dwelling in him, by the way, to discuss with them the powers that be. Can that happen in military circles? Governmental circles, political circles, can can demonic, can a demon, even Satan, be enter into a person and be right in there to betray Christendom, to betray churches? You better believe it. This is almost the exact same thing that occurred in Acts chapter 5 when Satan entered into Ananias and Sapphira because, again, their wide-open joint commitment to conspire together, to test uh, and lie, to test the durability of the church, and lie to God the Holy Spirit. And uh, they were outed. Now, if you see what happened with Peter, that should be going on more and more today. There should be an outing that the Holy Spirit gives such incredible insight that even Satan himself can't get past that kind of a believer. He knew. And led by the Spirit of God, in that case, not every case, but that case, he was led by the Spirit of God to say, hey, you know, basically you're dead. And um, look at the effect on the entire church that no more games would be played because the power of God was demonstrated so massively over and above Satan and his work. Judas, Satan is inside of him. He's out there discussing. See, just because a demon gets inside a person doesn't mean they're like the exorcist, crazy and spitting out green pea soup. That presence within. Sometimes, yes, you can see it in the eyes and you can feel it. But he went to chief priests who were unsaved, part of their own cultic religion, and absolutely opposed to Jesus anyway. So their hearts and minds were dead to Satan's presence, as was Judas. Judas didn't run out and say, Hey, you know, Satan just, you know, he injured me. Hey, I got a demon in me. No, he didn't. In his sinister plotting, Satan slipped in to his wicked, sinister, unbelieving, unregenerate heart, life, and mind. Verse 5 says, They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. Can you see this? Can you see this? It's almost like a personification of Satan. There now is Judas 
in his mind, in his disposition, in his field. He sold the Son of God out. Now, it's part of prophecy. In the Old Testament, we have prophecy that one among the disciples would do this, and for 30 pieces of silver, by the way. You can study that out in Matthew in the fulfillment area. God knew what was going on, as I said already. He strategically knows. He knows everything. He knows it in advance. He knows it in the moment. That's why being a believer sets you free from Satan's camp. That's why being a believer uh, make, marks you now as, as uh, own, you know, literally a child of God. The seal of the Holy Spirit is on you. The power of the Holy Spirit is within you. If you're an obedient believer, you will become alert. And you'll become watchful. You will not be backslidden, slothful, lazy, insipid, and anemic. Those kind of Christians are like what 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about. That they're like mere men. Like the, like the world, carnal. Uh, they can't even discern the, the deep things of God, let alone see that their own actions are fleshly, let alone even know that the devil might be running circles around them. Well, in verse 6, the Satan-possessed Judas, who willfully, again, because his life was willfully given over to this betrayal, sinister, greed, all those things were there to allow Satan to walk right into his disposition, right into his will. He consented and watched for an opportunity. Now, I, I read that there, and I think back again at, at Matthew 4, where Satan left him for a more opportune time. He looks for an opportune time. He studies even you for a more opportune time. He's looking to see when your shield is down, when you're giving up, when you're doubting. He's looking for when you're, you know, that. and I don't mean that to scare anybody. I, I know that's true of my life and every believer's life. The demons recognize believers. They pursue believers. They bring warfare against believers. Those arrows, those involuntary feelings and thoughts that come to try to make us doubt and be weak and give up and turn around. If you don't recognize that basic level of warfare, you got growing and you need to do it quickly, especially in this kind of a course. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. You know, this is that sinister stuff. This is why I really believe like in the mafia and drug rings and, and uh, sex slavery rings and all that kind of stuff. You've got to realize how Satan really is in all of that secrecy. Uh, skull and bones and all the stuff in government and all the stuff in military, all the psychic warfare units and all those kind of things. They may not realize it. The chief priests did not realize it. They were delighted, as a matter of fact. But God sees into that darkness. He knows what's going on. And obviously this was known and foretold, explicitly foretold, that this was going to occur. It's one of the evidences, again, of God's prophecy. Now, if you go on to the next part of the chapter, then, the day of, uh, then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us at the Passover. So, when they went there and they did all that they did, I want to take you all the way down to where the event occurs, where Judas comes in. 
Now, when you read towards uh, the, well, you just go down to verse 20 in Luke's gospel, chapter 22. In the same way, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. Can you imagine sitting at that table, Jesus' hand right on the table? Was Jesus unaware this was going on? No. It's part of the process that was going to take him to the cross where he willfully went. Who for the joy set before him, he scorned the shame of the cross. Jesus says, but the hand of him was going to betray me. Listen, if there's going to be anybody out there going to betray you, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus will give you insight. You can know. God, the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, the, the living Christ in you and with you, who, who we read in, the, in, in 1 John 5 is going to protect you, the Holy One, the Lord Jesus. And so you can count on the Lord, be listening to Him. And especially if you're working in a satanic ritual abuse and you're dealing with stuff or you're hunting stuff or you're in cult crime, you need to really have a heads up from Jesus. What happens with Judas, the Judas Project, is simply an incredible, an incredible uh, unleashing of uh, the use of human life as fodder. Satan doesn't care about Judas. He's only the vehicle. He's only the glove in which he can put his hand in and actually do the work without being detected. So verse 21 of chapter 22 in Luke says these words. Jesus speaking. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine. On the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed. Jesus knew. Jesus knew what prophecy spoke. Jesus knew how everything was going to go down. And he goes on with these words. Listen to the words of Jesus. I'm taking this very, very slow here. He talks about what has been decreed. And then he says... But woe to the man who betrays me. Every Satanist, every sub-personality committed to the Satanic side, every Luciferian, every brotherhooder, all of them need to hear these words of Jesus. Matter of fact, I might do a new rant, the seventh one to Luciferians with using these words. Jesus sitting at the table with the disciples. Satan dwelling within Judas at the table. Jesus' hands are on the table. Judas' hand on the table. Prophecy, ancient prophecy, in these moments, these seconds, are going to be fulfilled completely and fully. Jesus speaks these words. But woe to the man, but woe to the man who betrays me. It's incredible. Read it again. Verse 22, the end of it. But woe to that man who betrays, well, him, Jesus. Oh, they begin to discuss among themselves, who is it, who could be doing this? They didn't even know the rest of the disciples. They didn't know. They didn't know that Judas was a fake the entire time he was among them. They didn't know that Satan was dwelling in him. 
This is the time eventually in the same setting where Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you all as wheat. Satan is inside of Judas, hating all the disciples around him. Satan knows, you know, and Satan, there's no question Satan knows that Jesus knows. But he's operating on a legal basis within Judas. And Judas is only there because he's working it out for the most opportune time to betray Jesus, to sell him out. And the disciples are like, who is this? Who is it? You know, they're, going, they're, they're just like going crazy. And a dispute breaks out among them. <laughs> Satan around usually brings the disputes. And then Jesus goes into a big story about, again, what's going to happen. That's when he goes on in verse 31 to say, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all you guys, but I prayed for you. Now, you do know what happens. Satan, dwelling within Judas, guides and leads him. Guides and leads him. Uh, leads the crowd, rather. Leads the chief priests and so forth. Soldiers, right to Jesus. He brings it all together. Jesus is taken by the guard. Betrayal occurs. And with this betrayal, with this betrayal, you know, Judas gets his money. And now I'm going to tell you about a spe speculation. I, I believe when the betrayal occurred, it's almost as though Judas might have came to his senses. If you remember, he's given the money. Jesus is taken away to be betrayed and crucified. Kangaroo court. You know, and what happens next? Judas tries to get back the money. He throws down the money. You know, he, he knows this is all wrong. Did my question is, when does Satan leave Judas? I believe when Satan, I think, I think I'm just saying this is speculative because there's no scripture that says exactly when. But just out of my experience of the you know dealing with the demonic side, once Judas was used to seal the betrayal and take Jesus off to be crucified, it may be then that Satan popped right out of him. It may be then that he kind of comes to a realization that what he did was horrific and doesn't even want the money anymore. But then we go on to the rest of the biblical story where it centers on Jesus and the, what they do to him and mocking and beating and to the cross and everything. And we don't even come back to the story of Judas to Acts chapter 1 and 2 where we, we, we read about the field of blood, Akaldama. Akaldama. Every occultist, every Satanist, every Luciferian should understand the term Akaldama. Every Christian should understand and use this terminology in evangelizing Satanists. Akaldama is called is it, its meaning is the field of blood. The background, it's where Judas went off to hang himself. He went out and committed suicide, folks. A lot of demonized individuals who've committed acts and done everything else have been by the impulse of a demon rushed out to hang themselves. I've done a number of funerals of people who've hung themselves. And I'm convinced in some cases it was the impulse of a demon in an unstable person, in a depressed person. Demons can push over a, a depressed person. 
demons can uh, can truly um, I mean a weak unstable depressed individual and I also believe drugged and or highly drunk individual can be um, their state of being uh, can be more influenced by the demonic realm than normal and there can be an impulse from the demonic side with a rush of thoughts and feelings commit suicide kill yourself so regardless of his quote psychological state here is a man that satan entered into who was greedy who willfully conspired who looked for an opportunity who was there to lay out the betrayal uh, it's not because it was fatalistic God predicted and demonstrated his knowledge of it in advance and told of it in advance because of the actuality of human events and experience. It went down exactly as God said it would go down. And that's the amazing thing of prophecy. The amazing thing that the disciples didn't know anything. Judas is Satan possessed at the table and Jesus knows it all. Who are you going to lean on in the midst of all of this? Jesus, there's no outwitting of Jesus at any time, at any moment. Not the sum total of hell and Satan can deceive Jesus at any one second, any one moment. Psalm 18 tells you and I that we need to trust in the Lord as our rock, our fortress, and our deliverer. It is He who has given us authority. He who has given us God, the Holy Spirit, that we can discern, feel, and know, and, and uh, really distinguish. It's He, by the Holy Spirit, that gives us giftings that might heighten our ability to instantly know of demonic activity, as opposed to the work of the Holy Spirit, to know the difference. So I think that it's very important to take a look at all of this. And remember, in the context of your studies in this course, the term akaldama. It means a lot. It means deception leads to destruction. It means that Satan uses human beings as nothing more than fodder, then discards them and throws them away. It, it gives us a kind of the revelation of what I see in, among Satanists today and underground Satanists and Satanic ritual abuse where subpersonalities are programmed and demonized to, to do the will of Satan only to have programming and demon empowerment to commit suicide afterwards. That's, that's what Satan does with Christ-rejecting, unsaved, vulnerable individuals. Akaldama is the field where when, Sa when Judas went out afterwards and hung himself, maybe he was there a day or two, I don't know, it doesn't say. When that occurs, when a dead body is hanging, you've got to realize a number of things occur. Uh, bodily fluids will move out of their body. Uh, they can swell up, puff up. Um, it could be very much that the rope broke and he fell to the to the rocks below, where it said all that all of his guts, his intestines spilled out everywhere. It could be that somebody cut him down. Doesn't say either way, except that when he went out to commit suicide, at some point, uh, the rope broke, got cut, whatever. And he went down upon the rocks and Judas, all of his guts, intestines spilled out everywhere. I know that's kind of gross, but I want you to see the, the Judas project. You think Satan wasn't observing, 
Judas? You think Satan wasn't looking for how he could get in to betray Christ? You don't think that Satan didn't look at the other disciples, do you? I believe he stood back and observed and watched and waited and looked for his opportunity and found his opportunity in Judas. And so he entered Judas, and Judas literally became the human glove for satanic agenda and presence. And once Satan used him and it was over, Satan was gone. Everything was put into motion. And Judas, utterly, completely, and totally, ended up at Akeldama, the field of blood. This is horrific. This is really horrific. This is what's going to happen with many, 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 many millions of people who end up serving the Luciferian cause. Judas thought he might be doing right. He did it in a greedy, wicked, uh, conspiratorial sense. Is this true of secret societies, the Masons? Cross, you know, Skull and Bones, all the other ones. And I believe it is, and I believe the same things are going to occur. I believe that uh, the same type of things are going to occur. There's going to be, again, a deception by, satan- by satanic force and presence and power, real satanic, demonic, real presence that will lead to the field of Akaldama. When you connect this with Revelation 19.19, it's that same concept, the Judas Project. Using government, using military, using spiritual systems, leading them to be betrayers of Christ, leading them out onto the field, only to be slaughtered. To the world, deception, this kind of deception, always leads to seduction. Satan had a right to enter the human race through our sin and rebellion. Those rights are taken away when we get saved and are born again. Though we have spiritual warfare, we have, we have indestructible victory, ultimate victory given. Now, in your ministry, and the reason why you're taking this course, I really believe, you you know, depending on who you are, yes, there's a million more things we could have revealed on each one of the subjects. These are overviews of the subject, but 99% of Christians don't even have this overview. And the Word of God spells out massive, massive occult, cult, Luciferian, satanic, dark, spiritual things occurring in the end of days, not going away or fading away, but only ramping up to the very last hour of the visible physical return of Christ. So much so that the whole world will be led astray. So that's why we're dealing with this Judas project in Alcaldama. Every occultist, everyone that's into fame, money, importance, getting things, elitism, the same thing will occur to them. All that they have read, studied, and believed themselves to be and going to get is going to end up a lie 
All the new agers that are promised a spiritual evolution to a higher consciousness, to a new spiritual being, a transformation, uh, it's all a lie. And all that deception will do one thing, bring them to destruction. And for many, it will bring... Look at, look at Aleister Crowley. He died in basically crazed, poor, penniless, diseased. Look at Nietzsche. Died crazed. Same way. Satan doesn't care about any soul. He can't. It's not in him. The Judas Project reveals, in a nutshell, the way Satan uses human beings. He needs them. He doesn't want them. He needs them to get in to betray, to fight against God, to betray, to, to fulfill his agenda. And when he's uh, done with the human being, he will discard him, leave him, forsake him, left in his sin, left in his psychological state, as in Judas's case, suicide in a gross death, the field of blood, Akeldama. I think it's about time that we are grateful to Jesus for salvation because another blood was shed to liberate every human being who would believe. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And for this, we spend our lives going to the highways and the byways, unleashing our prayers, living in the power of God and His discernment, using the authority of Christ to trample in the demonic realm and to overcome all the power of the enemy. I pray that the Spirit of God will lead you as you've listened to this, the Judas Project, Akeldama. Hey, this is Russ Dizdar, ShadowTheDarkness.net. Don't forget to keep us in your prayers. Remember us in our needs. Sunday night, the live show, people have gotten saved. People have been prayed for for deliverance. Keep us in prayer about Sunday night's live show. Lord, it's blessing to you.